Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Sister Isabella. Happy Sabbath, Sister Isabella. Happy Sabbath. Praise the Lord, my sister. Go ahead. Okay. This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings, and round me rings the music of the Sister Isabella, what a beautiful rendition of that song. Praise the Lord, my sister. That touched my heart, and I hope uh, that all those on the line were also blessed by your testimony in song. Amen. And we will transition the program to the Word of God that will be given by the man of God tonight, uh, Pastor Saw. Happy Sabbath, Pastor Saw. Sabbath, can you hear me? Yes, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, my dear sister. Thank you kindly for the introduction. 
and a warm welcome. And we certainly want to wish each and every one this evening uh, a blessed Sabbath in the almighty name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. It is a privilege to join you here this evening yet once again to thank God for all the amazing testimonies, the way God is working in each of our lives. He is faithful and uh, he never fails. And so we want to thank God uh, for his presence with us, his promise, promises, and his word that we can depend on and know that his word will not return unto him void, nor will he ever fail his promises because they are all yes and they are sure in Jesus Christ. Well, this evening, I just want to thank God for carrying us safely through another week. Uh, it, I cannot believe it's already the second Sabbath in September, and it's getting colder. I don't know where you are, all are, but it is getting colder here uh, up in Canada. Uh, the cooler air is setting in, and uh, I just can't believe that the year, the end of this year is around the corner, and it's been quite an eventful year to say the least, but God has kept us and he has protected and preserved our lives for a purpose. And uh, I want to praise God for who he is and he is always uh, taking care of our needs. He's always looking out for us and despite how difficult the season has been for us in many of our lives, we are still here. We are alive by the grace of God. And we give him all the praise and the glory. So tonight I just want to speak to you on a short Okay, so make sure that you can still hear me. Are we still okay? All right, I hope so. All right, by God's grace, everyone here. Uh, I just want to share with you a brief word. Uh, to encourage us this evening and to continue to spur us on so that we can continue to run this race with patience that is set before us. You know, as the journey gets a bit longer, it is sometimes difficult. It can make us feel like giving up. As the journey continues, we get worried and worn and tired and and fatigued and uh, we feel like at times throwing in the towel but we are reminded that for the Christian for the believer it is we who endures to the end the Bible says he who endures or she or the person that endures to the end the same shall be saved and so God is looking not just for those who are saved by faith also but those who have enduring faith um, and endurance is one of those uh, qualities and characteristics that we all have to develop uh, as believers, as Christians, as we prepare for and await the second coming of Jesus. So, endure to the end is uh, not for the faint of heart, but uh, may God give us strength and may God inspire us to hold on to him because he promises never to let us go but to hold on to us. 
So I would like to read uh, some scripture before we begin, but before we do that, let's have a word of prayer just one more time as we open God's word and as he opens our minds. Let's pray together. And so, loving Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the living word, the word of life, the water of life, the bread of life. Thank you, O Lord, that we can come to you even now, anytime, anywhere, because you are just a prayer way, and we call upon you to open our minds as we open your words. We pray that the entrance of thy words will give light and give understanding unto us, we pray. May we receive your words with gladness. May they bless us. May they inspire us. May they motivate us and draw us closer to you. Feed us now, Lord, with the bread of heaven and quench our thirst with living water. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' matchless name we ask and pray. Amen. So I'd like to share with you a word. Um, I got a little scripture for you. First found in uh, Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, verse 13. And then I'm going to share with you a short uh, passage that I read, uh, that I reviewed and studied for my devotion, and that really blessed me. So this one is found in Matthew 24, verse 14. It says, in fact, uh, the whole chapter is powerful. It's talking about signs of the times and the end of the age, or the end of the world, so to speak. And Jesus comes down to verse 12. I'm going to back up to verse 12 and 13, and it says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now, and I'm going to come to verse 13, but let me take a moment to just consider this verse. Let's take a moment to consider this verse. We're seeing... Uh, to a great degree, a lot of changes in our world. Lawlessness, we're seeing a lot of riots, we're seeing a lot of reaction, we're seeing a lot of, you know, things spiraling out of control in our world. And specifically, look at this pandemic. Now, of course, we are not going to go into the details of the pandemic and how and why and where and the origins, but what we want to look at it what we want to just focus on is what we is before us, what we are experiencing now. It is surely a sign of the end of time. Uh, I really believe that this pandemic or pandemic, <laughs> this pandemic is part of the end time fulfillment that is hastening the soon coming of Jesus. You know, the last pandemic we had was over 100 years ago. And when I think about this pandemic and its implications, how it's affecting people, uh, affecting people's families and marriages and homes and finances and even spiritually where churches are closed and people have become so comfortable sitting in their homes, going on the Zoom and trying to have church there. And, and of course, that was not God's ultimate and ideal design for us. You know, the enemy's plan is to isolate us and to alienate us and to keep us divided and apart. And there's something powerful about our fellowship. And we thank God for technology 
that we can connect this way over the phone and over, of course, the Zoom, which we're grateful for. God uses all things for his honor and glory. But we also think about the impact and the implications it has had on our churches and on people who gather together locally um, that we cannot meet or we meet in a very uh, limited way. And uh, they're calling, they're suggesting that there's going to be a second a wave um, and et cetera coming up. And so, you know, this first wave has shown us a few things. It's shown us that we cannot allow this pandemic to stop us from praying. We cannot allow this pandemic pandemic to stop us from praising God. We cannot allow this pandemic to keep us from drawing closer to God. In fact, the Bible says when we see these things come to pass, all these things, we ought to lift up our heads for our redemption draws nigh. So I really believe, I really believe that this is a one of the defining signs because we're seeing something happening in as much as uh, changes are taking place in the world. I've seen also this drift because of this pandemic, people becoming very comfortable and very laid back and laissez-faire in their attitude and in their, you know, in their passion for God and in serving God. And this is fear as we talked about. And so this is what we're seeing. And what if a second wave came and even much more, shall we say, quote-unquote, more deadlier or fatal, so to speak. How would that affect people's faith, and how would that strike fear in people's heart, and would that draw people even further apart? You know, and so when the Bible says that the love of many will grow cold, it means even not only in the world, but in the church. Let's talk about that. Even the Bible talks about, in Revelation chapter 3, that uh, God wishes that we either were hot or cold, but we are lukewarm. And so there's one state that we don't want to be in spiritually. We don't want to have a cold temperature spiritually. Spiritually speaking, the spiritual barometer should read hot. It should be 100 degrees Celsius. It should be boiling point. We should be on the boiling point. Our faith ought to be on fire for God. But here is verse 13 that brings in a very interesting um, insight. It says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. He who endures to the end. Now, will many people endure to the end is the question. You know, I, I remember uh, when I was in high school and university, we we had to take some fitness classes and uh I actually preferred the long distance running as opposed to the short sprint. Uh, the short sprint was okay, but you know, you got to build up a lot of speed and short and takes a lot of energy out of you and, and you finish quickly. And uh, you know, you can look back and say, yeah, you know, I was very fast, but, but there's an interesting uh, discipline that's required for, endurance for marathon or endurance running it is a different type of training although there is some similarities but there's a, a unique training for those who run longer those who do the endurance running or the marathon running it requires a level of fitness a degree of fitness of cardiovascular fitness but also mental fitness 
because to stay in a race and not drop out or cop out means that you need to be focused and you need to be fit mentally and physically. Now let's bring that into the spiritual realm. That if we're running this race, as the Apostle Paul talks about in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, we run this race, run with patience the race that is set before us. And it requires endurance. How can we develop this fitness and this uh, ability to stay in the race by the grace of God? Well, certainly we need to have a faith that will not shrink or shirk. We need to have a faith and fitness that will prepare us to stay in the race. But the secret is found in what Paul says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. But looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who endured the cross that was set before him and despises the shame and but, but here's the key, looking unto Jesus. Brothers and sisters, if we take our eyes of Jesus, like Peter did, we are sure to sink. If we take our eyes of Jesus, we will be discouraged and get depressed. If we take our eyes of Jesus and start looking at ourselves or looking at others, then we will lose steam, we will be distracted, and we will not be able to finish the race. In fact, when Paul used the expression looking unto Jesus, he actually wrote it in the Greek, which means having eyes for no one else or nothing else but Jesus. In other words, because our eyes have been and our mind and our hearts have been converted, our eyes are locked unto Jesus. It is like when a plane is um, landing or in the military, if you want to use this illustration, it's like acquiring a target. It needs to have actually what you call three confirmations to lock in the target. They call this concept triangulation. It's amazing because, uh, you know, there's a lot of spiritual application to this, you know. We can talk about keeping our eyes fixed on on, on, on God, on the Father, on the Son, on the Holy Spirit. And I, I, like the, I like the, you know, illustration and, and, of course, drawing that application. But here it is that they need to have three confirmations, uh, three, uh, three confirmations in this triangulation to lock into the target. And once, that, once they lock into the target and, of course, the, the projectile is released, it is sure to meet the target. It's sure to hit the target on the bullseye. So what I'm trying to say is that for us as believers, we've got to have eyes only for Jesus, not eyes partly for the world and partly for personal pursuits and, and eyes that are being distracted and eyes that are being, of course, uh, tempted to look at other things, but eyes that are fixed, that are focused, that are riveted, that are locked in to Jesus Christ. And if we can do that by the grace of God, we will experience victory in the race, and we will be able to stay in the race until it's done. And so I want to go to one more text to encourage us this evening, a powerful verse 
that um, that helps me to keep my eyes on Jesus, to stay in the race. And it's found in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. You see, it's difficult uh, to stay in the race if I'm focused on myself and if I'm being distracted by everything that's happening around me. But here is the secret to Christian victory and success. Here it is. Galatians 6 verse 14. If you have your Bibles, you can turn them there with me. It says, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. I love it. I love this verse. One of my favorite verses. Um, there's, a, there's a song that actually comes out of this song, uh, this verse, a song that goes, uh, I will glory in the cross, in the cross. I will glory in the cross. Here, I want to share with you what Paul was saying to us, that our sufficiency must be of God and God alone. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Here it is. Faith. The faith that God wants you and I to have is a faith that denies self, that renounces self-reliance and self-dependency, and that we only lay hold upon divine power, upon infinite power that is provided and promised to each one of us who believe. You see, no outward observances can, can take the place of, of a simple but pure faith that completely trusts in God. You know, then the, this is the language of our soul. This will become the language of our soul when we are focused on Christ, when we are dependent on him solely, when we have eyes only for Jesus. The language of our soul will be, Lord, take my heart, for I cannot give it. It is your property. Keep it pure, for I cannot keep it for thee. Save me in spite of myself, my weak, unchristlike self. Mold me and fashion me. Raise me into a pure and holy atmosphere where the rich current of thy love can flow through my soul. That would be the prayer of our soul, the prayer of our heart. You know, it is not only at the beginning of the Christian life that we renounce self. Like, for example, uh, when we are baptized, you know, we often come to uh, the Lord, and there are 13 vows, and one of those, of course, is to renounce self. But not only do we, should we do it when we, or do we did it when we're baptized, but we have to do it throughout our Christian experience. Because that is the secret of power. So at every step forward toward the heavenly kingdom, we need to renew that commitment. All of our good works are dependent on a power outside of ourselves. So we need to be continually reaching out to the heart of God, reaching out after the heart of God, 
continually through earnest self-denial and confessing our sins and humbling our souls before God. Only by constant renunciation of ourselves and dependence on Jesus Christ alone can you and I walk safely. So, the nearer we come to Jesus, I believe the more clearly we will discern the purity and the beauty of his character. The more clearly we will discern the exceeding sinfulness of our own sin, and the less we will feel like exalting ourselves. Those whom heaven recognizes as holy ones are last to parade their own goodness. Think about it. When, 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 when the apostle Peter became a faithful minister of Christ, he was greatly honored by divine light and power. He had an active part in a building of God's church. But Peter never forget the fearful experience of his humiliation when he denied his Lord. His sin was forgiven, yet he well knew that for the weakness of character which had caused his fall only by the grace of God, he could overcome. He found in himself nothing in which to glory. And that is why when he died, he, was, uh, he asked, he requested to be crucified upside down because he felt he was unworthy, unworthy uh, to be crucified the same way his Lord was crucified. He understood what self-denial is and self-renunciation. You know, it protects us from pride and from arrogance and allows us to lay hold of the power of God by yielding and surrendering ourselves completely to God so that we can be filled with His Spirit and be His vessels unto honor. When you think about even this text that we read about the Apostle Paul, he knows what it means to be self-sufficient, not self-sufficient, but only sufficient in Christ, because he declared that our sufficiency should only be of God. And it is amazing that he realized that even in himself he lived with a, a thorn in the flesh, and yet he was able to honor God by a life that was dedicated and consecrated to the power of the living God. But you know, there's some people who feel that they need to help God. There's some people who feel that they need to, well, do something more. But we've got to be careful that we guard against this danger. The people who have trusted Christ to, you know, forgive them for their sins, but they seek their own efforts to live aright. But every such effort on our own will fail. Because Jesus says, without me, you and I can do nothing. Our growth in grace all depends on our connection and our union with Jesus Christ, the living vine, because he is the living Christ. So, as we give ourselves to God, to be wholly his, to serve and obey him, when you took Christ as your Savior, you could not atone for your own sins, but as we surrendered to God and as we accepted his forgiveness and as we repented, he forgave us, and he cleansed us. And so by faith, we become Christ. And by faith, we are to grow up in him. 
by giving and taking. We are to give all our heart and our will to his service. And we are to give ourselves completely in obedience to his will. And then we are to take all, take all that Christ gives us, to abide in our hearts and to allow him to be our strength, our righteousness, our everlasting hope, and our helper, and to give us power to obey. I like this quote I want to share with you. It says, we ought to consecrate ourselves to God in the morning each day. Make this our very first work. Let our prayer be, take me, O Lord, as wholly thine. I lay all my plans at your feet. Use me today in thy service. Abide with me and let all my work be wrought in thee. This needs to be a daily experience. And so, I share this last quote with you. It says, a life in Christ is a life of restfulness. There may be no ecstasy of feeling, but there should be an abiding peaceful trust. Your hope is not in yourself. It is in Christ. Your weakness is united to his strength. Your ignorance to his wisdom. Your frailty to his enduring might. So you are not to look to yourself, nor to let the mind dwell upon self, but to look to Christ and Christ alone. Let the mind dwell upon his love upon his beauty, the perfection of his character, Christ in his self-denial, Christ in his humiliation, Christ in his purity and holiness, Christ in his matchless love. This is the subject for the soul's contemplation. It is by loving him, copying him, depending wholly on him, that you and I are transformed into his likeness. That's from Steps to Christ, page 69 to 71. Steps to Christ. So, brothers and sisters, I invite you to follow in the footsteps of the great apostle. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Is there something, as we close this evening, is there something that you need to surrender to God? Is there something that you need to ask God to crucify? See, the Apostle Paul ensured that he crucified his flesh, and he crucified the world. He did not allow the world to lead him and to... Uh, direct him and to influence him, but he was able to surrender and crucify himself and the flesh to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is this something that we need to crucify? For he understood this when he read, and this is my last text in Galatians 2, uh, verse 20, or just a little bit earlier. This is what he reads. This is what he writes to us. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I love this beautiful text. It says this. Are you ready? Here it says, Galatians chapter 2, verse 24, I've been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. 
It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And finally, verse 21, it says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if the righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. So thanks be to God for his grace in our lives. Let us crucify ourselves. Let us experience resurrection power through Jesus Christ, that we can live a victorious and overcoming Christian life by the grace of God, because his grace is sufficient for you and I. For Paul says, for where sin abounded in Romans, grace did much more abound. I want to live by grace. How about you today? We can live by grace and experience victory today and tomorrow on whatever you're going through. Our sufficiency is of God. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading, to the understanding of his holy words, and may he apply it to our lives. In the name of the Father, in the name of the only begotten Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, we pray and thank God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.